Hey, it's Mentally Chill with your host, Kristen, your lover, your best friend. And I'm here with Marnie Kinris, who is my other co-host mm-hmm. of my other podcast. Yes. And we have been, I've been meaning to do this for a while because you gave birth about 11 months ago. I did. <laughs> right? I did. I'm not, I'm not saying that just based off your body. Yeah. I'm just, like, <laughs> let's just like calculate. Yeah, it was Remember about really, like 11 months maybe ago? four months ago. Yeah. No. Um, week, right? Yeah. Um, and I've had a few people uh, say they wanted me to do a show on um, postpartum depression. And so I know that you had mentioned that. But before I get to it, I just wanted to say thank you to all of my Patreon mm-hmm. sponsors. You guys are badass. So I want to give a specific thank you and shout out to Aaron N. and Hannah K. And also Mary G. Mary G., you upgraded. So you're a baller. Thanks for doing that. Hannah, Aaron, thank you so much for joining the Patreon community. You'll see there's so much stuff on there. So many extras. Thanks to Jesse and his awesome follow-ups with things that I talk about. For example, he did a TBT throwback Thursday today for the first Who Sadder we ever did. Um, And he also will follow up with, I'm sure, a picture of the thing that I'm going to talk about later in the episode from an insane asylum. So you guys can see all the things I'm referencing, all this kind of cool stuff. So thank you so much again. And um, Yeah, they sound amazing. Yeah, they're awesome. And they're really, really super dedicated. And I just uh, got a new logo done this week. And everyone was really helpful on voting if they like the gray or the oh, white. Oh, nice. And, um, and uh, any hoosers. So, so you, I just you went with the blue? Thanks. I went with uh, like the gray just because on iTunes it's the – it's like the right. it doesn't jump out because it's, when it's white, there's no real border. Even though I did kind of like the white one better, even though gray is my favorite color. Oh, really? Yeah. So you know I'm well, depressed. Well, that actually makes sense. Yeah. So you know I'm depressed. Yes. But honestly, and I've said this before, you, nobody says gray is their favorite. I color. know, but except uh, it's a counting in Counting Crows. It's a song. Um, gray in is Mr. my favorite Red color. color. Yeah. I felt so. Yeah. So anyway, it is my favorite color, but I did like the white one better this in this case. But the gray one. I like. I like your new logo. I thought it was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so. We're going to talk about postpartum stuff, but I'm going to have you actually just kind of like lead me in a way because I know nothing about it. I know nothing. Because number about 1, it. I'm not a woman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you We've are been a doing woman. You've podcast for quite some time and I'm very aware that you are not a woman. Right. <laughs> From yes. the content Everyone of that show. listening. And actually the other show's name it's called Ask Women if you guys want to listen, <laughs> yeah. which I've mentioned a couple times before, but um I just take off the W O. So it's Ask Men ask for men. me. And then Marnie's the Ask woman. little boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you said ask little boys. <laughs> ask little boys. <laughs> Gross. Um, so, okay. So 11 months ago. Yeah. And tell me about like what you've been feeling. Well, actually. Because you've so kind of I, suffered I with depression. I, uh, no, not really. Like not major depression or not clinical depression. Right. Definitely down moments. Yeah. Um, in my past, I've definitely had moments that have stretched out through the span of a year. Um, and that was a, a, a big time in my life because I ended up um, having a stroke after that period of time. Right. You know this that. Is, yeah. This was when this you was a very long time okay. when I was yeah. 20 years old. Um, but after that, I, I wouldn't say that like anything that long had, you know, peaked its ugly head for me until right. I had my first son. So, yes, after this one, um, 11 months later, I, I do have a postpartum. It is starting to, to wean off a little bit. But after the first one, I had postpartum and I didn't ever label it as postpartum until way later when I could recognize that that's what it was because for me I didn't really I I still don't really know what postpartum is to be honest I thought postpartum was not feeling a connection 
to your child in any way and well, feeling if it's not a dog, you're not going to feel connection. So right. it seems pretty natural. Right, exactly. You're like, that completely makes sense to me that you wouldn't feel connection to a child. But um, it's not feeling a connection in any way, uh, being depressed, wanting to do harmful things to your child. So and this just, is what you thought it was. Yeah, and just being like down on the fact that now this baby is separated over your from your body. No, oh, I, I, would, oh. I didn't even think that it was like taking oh. over your life. So it, it, I would say, to be honest, it, my postpartum started prepartum when I got pregnant. I was trying to get pregnant. I wanted to get pregnant. I didn't think it was going to happen so fast. Yeah. And in those first three months, it's kind of, it's kind of like when you get McDonald's, you're like, I really want McDonald's. I'm going to get McDonald's. Like, but, but then you're like, yeah, that was, that was, that was not maybe what I really wanted. Right. Even though in the moment afterwards, right, <laughs> right. Now I got a week and then in, in for children terms, you get 18 years, maybe so longer like eight, with today's cl- you know, everything. Like there's 18 no way. years of just like carrying around a big Mac and being uncomfortable is yeah, essentially what it is. Just these people. So the, the hardest thing for me was in those first three months of being pregnant was I was just like, Oh my God, my life's going to change. And shocking. I, I remember you talking about that because yeah. I was around you when you had your first child and before yeah. you were ever a mother. Yeah. And I, and I, th- I think with you, what my guess would be is that you're very business oriented, career focused, selfish, selfish asshole. Yeah. And they don't make the best moms. No, I'm kidding. But it's kind of true. You know, you're not the type of person who just said, I'm going to get married at 21 and have a baby. And that's what my life's and that's mission who I'm is. I'm going to be. Right. And so you had to shift your identity, which I'm sure basically where it's 2017, most yeah. women who are having babies have to shift their identity. Yeah. It seems scary. And it's a huge shift. It's not even like you're just a mom now. Right. It's you're a mom. It's That's crazy. what you are and who you are first and foremost. And you have to be that. And well, it's like first you give away your last name. So you're like, no, I when did you not. Get- that's where my first oh, choice yes, was not true. to give up that's true. my identity. You aren't I- Marnie. <laughs> I'm not Marty Villardi, not just for the fact that it's a horrible sounding name. Did that influence your... So oh, yeah. Marnie's... If I was Mar- Marnie, like, Jones, like, maybe it would have been different. Right, right. right. But then who's Marnie, Marnie, Marnie Jones? Like, Marnie White person. Right, exactly. Like, I, I, the thing is, I worked really hard for a very long time to be comfortable with Marnie Kinnerus. I was an extremely uncomfortable, anxious, awkward child. Teenager, yeah. early adult. Yeah. Um, and I spent a lot of time becoming comfortable with Marnie Kinris. And finally I got to the point that I was comfortable with Marnie Kinris. And then, and you then get my married. husband was like, hey, you got to change your last name. And I was like, no, to I don't. To Velarde, Marnie yeah. Velarde. Velarde, we horrible. Oh and so, I mean, I changed it on Facebook. I'm Marnie Kinris Velarde on Facebook. I thought that would be enough for him. And, you know, yeah. now he's like, okay with it. But that, yeah, it was like, I, I don't want to be somebody else. I don't want to give up my identity that I, and I don't know why you have to. I'm happy to be part of a, a team. And I was I was totally fine to be Valaris, combining our last names. That would have been Valaris. cool. <laughs> That's our That's Wi-Fi, a funny idea. you know, like yeah. username there. That's funny. I'm, I'm comfortable with that, but. Sounds like every, a car. Yeah. And Valaris. Then, and then it's becoming, like a shitty car though. Yeah. Sorry. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like Like a, a little compact that yeah, you buy like when S-class, things aren't like going well. Yeah. S-class. Yeah. Valaris he drives a Valaris. Yeah. I, I just wasn't into that. And then to shift to a mom and then thinking about all the things that were going to be on my plate, that was my, my, my first stressor. And it, there was one um, – I uh, my husband is a very messy person, and I already had to, you know, clean up after him. And I, I like to keep things in order. So, you know, 
those two things together don't match up well and I would have we would have arguments about that and once I got pregnant I was like oh my god this is gonna all be on me mm-hmm. because you can only take care of yourself how are you going to and that really freaked me out yeah and not that my husband's a lazy man at all he definitely takes care of our family uh, but on a day-to-day but he's a basis dude. Yeah, so on a day-to-day basis I was taking care of everything and I was like oh god how am I gonna do that and I wasn't even consciously thinking how am I gonna do all of this it was just like it's all gonna be on me and I had this one night where I was just like going online and looking up like um uh like breadwinner females and role in the family and like I forget what other search terms I had like who ends up cleaning more in the house or like reasons for arguments of married couples with kids whatever it was and it, it started popping up over and over again that like even if the woman is the breadwinner in the family she is the one who does 85 percent of the work for the family um, mm-hmm. going to school functions, um, volunteering for at school, like all of those things, cleaning up the house, doing all the household stuff. It, it, it just happens. That's just like what's ingrained in us. And obviously there's, you know, some variance with different couples. And I started bawling. Oh, I yeah. found this one article on CNN and I showed it to my husband. And he's like, don't worry, that will not be us. That is bullshit. <laughs> two, <laughs> two children later. He definitely helps out a lot more and he helps out so much with the kids. But the truth is, is that it, it is all on me. So from, you know, that point... Um, I, I finally got better with it. I, I, I grieved through the process of potentially losing this old me and got very comfortable with being pregnant. I was very in a very good space. I was you exercising very every cute day. pregnant. I did. I mm-hmm. was finally wearing tight stuff, which I had never done before. <laughs> and then I had the baby. And um, I, it was weird. I went into like survival mode where I didn't really feel a connection to my son right away. He was born seven weeks early. He was in the NICU. It was weird because he was separated. Only assholes are early. Yeah. It's like, come on, we don't need you here. Yeah. But I have a few theories on the er- a few ther- theories on the early thing. My theory is you get here late, better because less time to spend here. Right. Or if you get here early, this is my friend's perspective, if you get there early, then you can peace out early. Okay. So well, I either or I hope that doesn't happen either. I was not thinking of that yeah. as, I was, as I was saying that. <laughs> but I would be so annoyed if I my baby came early. Yeah, because I was like, what the hell? And then for the second one, I was expecting it, and then he like stayed in extra long. So mm. I was like, oh god. Yeah. Um, and so for those first three months, I just think like it was just like. I just too overwhelming for me. And I understood that those first three months were going to be hard. I actually didn't feel tired in the beginning. Um, but then it started to sink, sink in. And, <clears throat> and things that would not have been challenging prior to you know, having a child became extra hard for me to imagine doing. Leaving the house, getting things together. Um, they would make me very anxious to have to throw things off of the schedule. I, and that was challenging. I can't imagine because when I leave the house, like today, for example, so Marnie and I right now are in San Francisco and we had to come here to do a video for the dating uh, app or the dating website, Zeusk. And I had to have a few things prepared. I had to have my sound equipment. I had to have these mic stands packed properly um, in case I had to check them. And then I had to worry about what's going to happen with my dog. Yeah. And I was in its chaos. And so, and that's a dog and that's me being single. That is a baby. But not really, you know, like I can kind of like poo poo. I'm like, there's some dry food, peace out, you know, like, but still I, the, the overwhelming preparedness that you need, like it was just too much. I'm like, okay, his leash has to be here because a walker is going to come and then I'm going to put his poop bag there. And then he's got snacks here in case. Right. And so as a mom, somebody else. Right. And in a way. I almost feel like in a way I would feel I wouldn't have time to be as depressed as I am now. Probably not. Right. So in a way, I feel like I a lot of time for it. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. Right. That's the interesting thing. So I think like for me, 
what became like this th- there was this one day when I just felt like every second I was thinking about somebody else or analyzing something like with my first child I was like he had problems sleeping so all I was doing was thinking about it or I was looking things up online it wasn't obsessive but it's like your your mind gets consumed of like oh how do I get him to sleep longer so that he won't bug me <laughs> like yeah. that's literally where your brain goes to how if I stuff him I give him more food and what food can I feed him and you talk to other friends a lot more when you're going through the first baby as well so then like you're talking about it and that's all you're talking about and then you get down on the fact that that's all you're talking about because you're like I'm, I'm, I'm not this woman I'm this other woman who is still from the second I delivered I pulled my phone out I'm after like, they I'm took not this man yeah. I'm that man right yeah no, and like I so know. I didn't have three months off to do anything I was I was still Marnie owner of the wing girl method and like in my eyes a really sexy role in as a business owner and like in the, the job choice that I've chosen for my lifestyle and then I'm this mother so I was kind of ashamed of that as well because I didn't think it was a sexy mm-hmm. um and it, that that was hard for me but I remember this one evening um I dropped my phone on the floor and the screen cracked and it was in the kitchen and, and then I, you just cracked and I just fell to the floor yeah and I started bawling yeah. and my husband came up and he said what is wrong and I said I don't know how I'm gonna fit in to fix this I did not yeah. account for this I did and wow. I just yeah. went crazy I did not and like that would have never been anything challenging for for me before so um, I didn't know that that's what was happening at that time but I was just down to myself my brain didn't work as fast I felt like I was losing you all of said my that knowledge a lot. when we would tape our shows you'd say I have baby brain or something like, or like that my brain isn't working Right, foggy that's brain. how I felt. I felt like I wasn't as fast. I couldn't pull information. Is that like a easily. chemical thing that's happening? I don't know. And like I'm, I'm like reading actual... about it. There's hormones going on. There's memory loss. I think your brain just has so many new things coming into it that it's got to push it's out like some of the shuts old down. shit. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of shuts down. So then you know, cut to uh, two and a half years later, I'm, I'm I'm back to feeling great. We have a routine with our our first child, and then of course I decide Let's to have it up and child. get a bit. Get pregnant again. Yeah. And then this time with the second child, it's just like you have this other child to worry about. So you can't sort of sit on a lily pad as a pregnant person. You're you're, you're looking after somebody else. And I had um, pregnancy insomnia. So I would be up at like one o'clock in the morning and not be able to sleep. And then I couldn't sleep in the next day. And you can't drink. Well, (laughs) I did the second time. (laughs) First one, not at all. Second one, after four months, um, I wasn't able to sleep. And uh, my doctor said to me, you can have half a glass wow. every night. Wow. Every night. Every I night. Was, and I, was like, I, I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then I You're was, like, eh, he might not grow up to be a doctor, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least I'll be happy. Right. And because she said one thing to me, she's like, you are miserable right now. And yeah. I was starting to become like kind of verbally abusive to my two and a half year old. Mm. Not abusive towards him, but I would be screaming. frustrated. I'll, like I would go from zero to a hundred in, in two seconds. Yeah. And I would just like go crazy. And my husband's out of town a lot and I just wouldn't be able to handle it. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was like, oh, I'm just so tired. I don't know what's going on. But like that was part of the postpartum. And then also the prepartum because I was, I was pregnant at that time and I would just break down. And that wasn't who I was. And I was so sleep deprived. um, And I was just so fixated on doing things right for my kids that I had no energy for my job, which depressed me. Because then I was like, that that's who I am. I don't want to lose that identity. And if I'm not that person, or not the fun person, or the person who can go out and the person who isn't thinking about baby stuff all the time, like, I'm just a mom. And that to me is so unsexy. And then you know, you, you, I have a, most people have a a partner, um, that they're working with as well. And sometimes that partner 
is a little bit scared to do things because they think that the woman knows better when really I'm just running on hot air the same way. So a lot more. But if he called you or if he called it hot air, you'd be like, it's hot, hot yeah, air. Oh, for sure. Like you'd snap. Yeah. yeah. So like that was that was how my postpartum manifested. And this time around, it turned more into um, anxiety of not being a, not feeling like my old self where I was doubting myself constantly um, and just n- not seeing like I, I'm a go-getter and I will talk to anybody and go after whatever I want but those things were freaking me out and they were scaring me and I was staying inside my house again yeah, and you're saying you were having a lot of anxiety yeah anxiety and 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 it, it I just felt it so much more like where I was nervous and shaking and and to be honest after the baby was born like drinking just as much like I like I'll have like four times a week I will drink and for me that's a lot and then, like how many drinks when you drink like maybe like a glass and a half of wine yeah, so I'm not yeah. like you know boozing it up and going crazy but for me that's that's a lot yeah um and that's and my sleep is still off so it kind of throws me off and my brain is slowly coming back now but my enthusiasm for my business has definitely dwindled I definitely still love everything that I do on a day-to-day does basis. that make you sad that you're yeah. not as focused on focus on it yeah because then I'm like oh I gave up this to have kids right and then because I but don't, then do you see your kid and go okay it was worth it yeah, yeah. I don't know sometimes <laughs> yeah. like sometimes I'm like I love my moments with my kids but I like when my husband my husband travels a lot for work and to be honest I always pictured that to be my lifestyle for work as you well. traveling yeah right for fun. and I yeah. was and I was doing like fun More stuff exotic. I was doing you know stuff on tv shows and like radio appearances and like right now I would be embarrassed to be on a radio show <laughs> other, other, <laughs> other than, than, than these one. shitty ones yeah other than well talking about this stuff which actually I can talk about very freely because it's top of mind for me right. but like I just don't I don't feel sometimes like people should be listening to my advice anymore even though I wow. think I have like solid advice like I'm not as on it as I was so you in the past. felt like because of the time that was going into being a mom you couldn't stay updated and have new information for people because for people yeah. listening Marnie is a wing girl which means she coaches men on how to attract get and keep the man that they oh, want good, I've like heard that. it many times yes. over the past three and a half four years yeah so you're saying you don't feel like you kept up with your business or why why did you or did you just lose self-esteem in general from just it's losing self-esteem and you just sure. kind of lose it because you're a mom like yeah, what and makes you lose it is like I don't even know what information I was saying before. Like, yeah. I think, trust me, if, if you were to be coached on the other end of me, you wouldn't notice a difference. Yeah, totally. I notice it. Right. And like the same thing where like you and I would say the same thing like, oh, do I look like, do I look, does my face look swollen or do my eyes look tired or whatever? No one else is really seeing it but yeah. you. So it's the same kind of idea. Yeah. And so that's where the depression came, comes from and came from. Like, I would say, so this, this whole year, actually, I'll say on Monday... I'm going to start again to try really hard at work and I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And I, it gets to Monday and I'm exhausted by 1 PM. I haven't slept yeah. for the night. I still have a little bit of insomnia. Not that my kids are keeping me up at all. It's just insomnia. Um, and I'm drained and exhausted. And then I wake up every morning and I have at least an hour and a half of dealing with my two children. And then I take one to school. And then, and this is the worst part that I feel so horrible because I have a nanny too. 
oh i know right, right right and then like then you feel like this horrible crappy person because you're like i can't even handle it but i'm working right. it's not like i'm you know just like sitting around but even if i was sitting around like all of that stuff is still hard so there's all these things and these pressures to be this super mom and then do you feel it's like you don't so have hard. time to be down like you don't have the t- like so for me i know when i'm depressed and i don't have any responsibilities and i can just go away in my bedroom it's still really hard um do you are you finding time to ever feel super sad and you can kind of just like I, sometimes yes. I like to wallow yeah. in the sadness yeah are you sure. finding times to kind of wallow I'm giving myself more permission this time around than last time last time I was really hard on myself where I was like do not lie down this afternoon like don't do that you're supposed to be working you're supposed to be doing this and like I wouldn't give myself that space this time I'm fine with it because I remember we um, got had our nanny, who's awesome, uh, the first time around after two months. She was actually an au pair. And I would feel so guilty when she would see me go and lie down. Yeah. I, I would too. It. I would too. Well, because sometimes even with my roommate, like, I know she has – and I mean, it's not like she's, you know, working fi- – 50 or 80 hours a week but like when I know that she has to go work and I know I don't have to do anything for that day I will not sit on the couch specifically so yeah. she doesn't see me yeah doing that yeah and so that's the whole thing where I'm like oh my god you're well also it's gas and I have gas and I just have to go to my room and just do it there but <laughs> but I just kept thinking she's probably thinking like what the hell do you need me for you lazy ass like get right. up and do it I, yourself. I would be so paranoid about that yeah. that's why I wouldn't and all really I want to want... do was sit and watch tv right. and like just like veg out and stuff because I hadn't slept the night before and like but no matter what and I I knew that she knew that too but for me I was just like no you you don't want to see me do this this mm-hmm. time I'm, I'm allowing myself a little bit more my sister um she had a baby two weeks before me so crazy. she's in Canada and she gets a year mat leave in Canada they just so opted crazy. 18 months that's the difference between the United States I mean I work for myself so I didn't even get like two hours off right right um, I remember with with my second child I was had him on me mm-hmm. in the hospital and I was answering emails from people which is crazy that I actually even did that yeah but so she had a year off and so she said to me this time around she's like take my year off as your year off do the minimal amount that you need for your work lie in bed if you want to focus on your children and then just don't grow your business and just maintain but you haven't have you done that I I have tried to whenever I get to a negative space about like not growing my business then I say okay I'm, I have to remember that I've had a baby this year. It's still freaking hard. I'm going to be tired. I can't be down on myself like I was last time because it was really hard for me. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing for me with the postpartum is I wouldn't say there's no support system out there because there are. There's there's people that I can go talk to. I can go to a therapist if I want to. Um, but I honestly didn't want to spend the money on going to a therapist, especially because I didn't know if what they were going to say to me would help because I can talk to my friends about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted like a more active program that would give me tools. And I know from past therapy experiences, I'll spend a thousand dollars and I'll be like, I just spent it to it's you. It's a lot of chit chat. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I talked to my friends about this. And I really feel like therapists need to start offering coffee because yeah. it's like, that's like a coffee date yeah. without the coffee. Yeah. I mean, and at least it would, something where you're like, okay, well, I put the yeah, like a cup at the end. Right, right. Yeah. I paid $200. At yeah, least for a cup. It was a nice, smooth blend. Yeah. But so I like, I I haven't been doing those things. Um, but the, the hardest part for me is this rage I, where. Really? Mm-hmm, where I'm crazy. Like, there's certain times when 
my husband was scared. Of, yeah. He he was and I I would say I'm like I'm never going to hurt our children. And he's like, "But you say things and you are freaking out." And like this wow. is me being very revealing, but yeah. like that's where I because those were the things I was thinking, not to do in my head, but these emotions that were just bubbling up, like as a woman, I just need to get it out of me. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like holding it back for so long and then it just comes out at me because for me, with with my children, and it's mainly with with my eldest son. I know, honestly, I can say from what I've seen with you, you are a little harder on him than yeah. And then, well, you have an eleven month month old, which is obviously you're going to be more gentle and whatever, and he needs more care and stuff. But I could see the difference between Noah and Owen, and I hate to say that, but I could see your your there's a little bit of an energy change yeah. with the two. I could see with Owen, you were like oh do 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 do, and Noah, you're like get over in the corner like yeah. you know and so but I can see because he's the one who's probably causing you more frustrations 100% and he, he pushes my buttons more right right because he's stubborn like me and so there's certain times but he where is so cute he, oh he's, he's adorable. such a doll no they're yeah. both amazing kids. and I'll say when kids are kids are Lyndon Johnson's that's a sign reference yeah. which means not attractive and but I think Noah is like the cutest little yeah, he kid is. He's yeah the cutest. then they're amazing kids and he's awesome and like I I feel bad that he sees that side of me where suddenly I'll just I'll freak out and like when my husband was away and I was pregnant and I feel like I'm gonna get arrested for saying these things but <laughs> no. like it's I, honest I would, and I, would I guarantee just, everyone's I would agreeing scream because because Noah wouldn't listen to me about something and we'd be having so much fun then I say okay well Noah you know go take your shoes off and he'd be like no no, I'm not going to take my shit. Whatever it was. And then I let that slide and then something else happened. And all, yeah. all I'm thinking is, I've been so nice to you the entire day. Why are you yeah, being Yeah, breakdown. I know. And I would go crazy and I would call my husband and I'd be like, why do you leave me here alone? Why do you yeah. leave me here alone? Because I can't handle this. It's too much for me. And I, yeah. I would just say these things. And my son would be looking at me. Yeah. And I, would, I, I wouldn't be able to stop. And I yeah. know, I, like, as a smart parent, I would, I wish I could say, I should stop this right now and go to the other room. And I, and I, I that was a tool that I had where I knew that if it got too intense, I would say to Noah, you stay here. I got to go into the other room right now. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't doing that for a while. I was just sort of like like letting it yeah. all out because I didn't know what else to do. It just would sneak up on me and I would go crazy. That's how you were coping. Yeah. It's not like I was like screaming at him and say like, you're a horrible person. Yeah, but I would, yeah. I would say like, what are you thinking? What are you doing right now? Right. Why do you do this? Right. You just and want an answer. The My problem with kids is that, and I don't think I'm good with kids or will be good with kids, <laughs> is that you can't logically, you can't explain things logically to them. Like my niece um, is so cute and she's such a doll when she wants to be, but she can also be a psychopath yeah. and a manipulator. And like... Um, I, I, for example, something maybe happened like, um, oh, we were in the car and she's addicted to the cell phone and watching like YouTube kids on her phone. And I was, they all are. it's insane. Yeah. It's like a drug. And my dad was driving, my mom was in the back seat with her. Um, and I was in the front seat and the phone died and she lost her mind, like lost her mind. And I literally was like, Alexa, okay. There are literally people right now being like slaughtered and I murdered and like this doesn't and of course those things are obviously one number one gonna scare her but obviously they're not gonna register with her she doesn't care when you're in that age bracket oh, you're right. selfish it's like what you need in that moment but I try to say like when you're older and it's you're gonna look matter. back and you're gonna be like oh I was such a jerk and look how cute your socks are and no one else gets socks this cute like right. I really just and and she doesn't she looks at me like shut the f up and give me the phone yeah and that's what I don't like about kids is that I can't joke with them and be on that level with them 
Right. Well, Louis C.K. makes it. a joke. He's just like, kids are assholes. Like, three-year-old is the biggest asshole you're ever going to meet. Yeah, and I'll and, just jerk off in their faces. Right. I mean, that's the other <laughs> joke. Yeah. Sick, man. Insane. Uh, but, but, yeah, that that is the thing. It's it's like you're dealing with these irrational, irrational beings. Or just these selfish beings, and then you sadly want to be a selfish being totally. as well. Yeah. And you're locked in, unless you want to spend a lot Here, of money. hold mommy's liquor glass. I have to go to the other room for a second. Like. Right. Right. I can't imagine. Yeah. And that's that that's been the hardest thing for me. And I know other people have like different postpartum on way many like other levels yeah. where they want to like hurt their children or where they don't even want to see their children. I never had that. There was a period of time after Owen was born where I was like, I don't like Noah. Yeah. I was I really didn't like him. It was like a month long where I was like, I just can't win with you yeah. and like I'm just mad at you. And that was really hard. And we're back at like an amazing place now and he's my best bud. But um but yeah, the the hardest part is really just losing me and not being sure if it's gonna come back. Do you know if postpartum is more common with or I mean this is kind of a dumb question, but if you get postpartum, or if you're depressed regularly, are you most like more likely to get I don't postpartum know. It depression? depends on how your hormones go and what your chemical makeup is. I, I'm sure there's some people who have the opposite, who have depression, and then it's like, oh, I feel great. Yeah, because like I said, I feel like there would be a moment for me where I wouldn't have enough time to be to wallow and be the normal depressed that I normally am. Yeah, so I wonder if you wouldn't get to that space as much because you'd be too My distracted. brain would be taken up. Something does happen to your body when you have a baby. Every ailment I had was fixed. For a short period after like I used to have bladder problems I'd have to pee all the time really yeah my bladder well was... like my sister she like le- like when she goes to the bathroom yeah you leak she well I don't know if she leaks like without but when she's done going it, she's not actually done yeah so she has to like force more oh, yeah. pee out otherwise oh, yes, it will leak for sure for sure which but I like, used Ew. to have that issue before where I would be like okay stand up okay I have to sit back down stand up then I leave the room then I still have to go pee and then that cleared up from pregnancy so there's a lot of things that like got better from pregnancy and a lot of things that got worse but um yeah there's like different levels of, of postpartum my friend nina just sent me this article about this great um place that's opening up that's very similar to what countries like australia or new zealand or even can't like have to help support mothers like a lot some countries i think paris i don't know if they still do this they provide you with a night nurse for the first what? month after you have what? a baby mm-hmm the truth is, is that like... Like for free? People use lack of sleep and keeping you awake as a form of torture. Right. So why would you want to do this to a new mother who's raising an individual and like, like that's going to... Yeah. Just all these things that can happen in those beginning stages and how important like those first years of your life are um, to, to how you interact with humans later. If you have a mother or father who is just like beaten down, tired, exhausted, like maybe with two kids or three kids or two kids and three jobs, I can't even, like no help whatsoever. I, I cannot even imagine how they survive and what kind of affection they're giving to their kids because yeah. there's nothing left yeah. at the end of the day. And that's how I feel. There's well, I'm very lo- little left. I'm looking at some of like, the symptoms and like you said, um, one like sleeping patterns you're when you have postpartum depression your sleeping patterns change you um you don't or yeah uh, you have trouble making decisions which is kind of like that foggy brain um guilt um did you lose interest in things like did you feel like oh everything you like to work out before or something and you like just didn't yeah, care to TV, go now everything's boring to really me. every show is not interesting conversations with people yeah. aren't interesting yeah. i don't feel did like your I'm mom have postpartum depression i asked I her if she didn't really she didn't? No. I don't think my mom did either. 
Um, not that she would label it because the thing is, I yeah, think, and like, probably back then too. Yeah, like I feel like people when they think of postpartum, they think like I want to kill my baby. So my mom's like, nope, never had it. So I don't. Uh, even though yeah. I've described what I've had, she she never really seemed to say, oh yeah, I had that too. Yeah, and I, I'll even talk to my sister, and my sister doesn't seem to have it, but she also really? has mat leave, so I don't know if that makes a difference. Right, I have no idea. Um, I don't I don't know. All I know is that what I'm going through doesn't feel nice and I don't feel like I'm getting to celebrate these first couple of years and I'm, I'm working really hard to change that and I'm trying to make the choice to celebrate it more and I think th- the hardest thing or the hardest part about this has been the strain on my relationship with my husband oh because, god I yeah we have nothing left for each other I have nothing left for him except for like words of annoyance. of annoy right, right. I don't even know that's a word right um and it's just, I, I remember thinking when my sister-in-law had her children and I would say, I would think like, why doesn't she just let her husband do it how he wants to right. do it and don't say, right. don't do it this way. But now I get mm-hmm. it and I'm trying to adjust that as well because like so many men feel so deflated and when they feel deflated, they can't help you feel feminine because they don't think you're very mm-hmm. feminine because you're kind of being a bitch to them. Right. And Which is actually like the ulti- ultimate feminism to me. Yeah. Or not feminism, <laughs> but feeling feminine. Right. <laughs> and so then like there's nothing sexual there and like you don't feel like because I always right. say to him like your only job is to make me feel alive that's all you have to do I got everything else covered please just like help me feel feminine and for him it's hard for him, me, him to help me feel feminine right. if he doesn't see me as being feminine right so it's a big challenge and we've worked really hard on doing that but a lot of people don't have the luxury of communication in their relationship or even understanding how to say and those you guys things have, to each other you guys have weekly meetings yes, which we sounds do, which like we stopped doing hell oh, you did but we had one on monday actually <laughs> we <laughs> so did funny. because i should read you my list of things that we had to talk about like how unsexy this is right because we were having some some trouble um with with things going on like just about like whose role things are so how do you so, guys schedule this meeting do you text so each other I'll say we have to talk tonight so I, I text him and i said we need to have like a really good conversation where both of us go in open do you say listening. meeting no i don't think okay. okay before it was like weekly agendas right. that would go out because okay. we would have like a monday <laughs> monday schedule thing like we'd have some wine and Saint talk Jordan, about things for him. the week mm-hmm. I, but he, he needs this this list is for no, him i was talking to some girls and they were like that's a great idea it's a genius idea mm-hmm. so i said topics to discuss our roles so how does he see bread me? rolls like yeah, dinner rolls. should they be we don't eat carbs in our oh god oh poor jordan's saint i'm telling you i know so our roles like what who do you see me as what are what are my roles what are the things that i'm supposed to do what are the things that you are supposed to do and how do we avoid stepping on each other's toes by trying to take over those roles yeah and then um and then i said what it means to be frugal where to save because we're building a house right now right and for me saving is like we literally don't do anything for him saving is like not buying 106 dollar lotion or yeah, still yeah, yeah. buying it but, but then, then getting that on discount where it was not $96. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so system for getting also, he must your have skin. back into the... <laughs> he does have <laughs> the softest skin ever. Like His elbows are impeccable. Um, system for Jor getting back. So my husband travels a lot. So creating a system and ways for him to come back into the house without like disrupting Him everything. wondering what's happening. Because yeah, you yeah. said that to me before where like he'd leave and the kids, you know, like babies grow up so quickly that routines Things would change changed. and he wouldn't know what the r- new routine yeah, was. Yeah, so he gets paralyzed and he's like, I don't right. know what to do. I'm like, well, you right. should know. And then it, you... And then I become like, you know, a little resentful. Like, you were away. You should right. be okay. And you're fully rested. Not knowing that anything is, of this is happening. It's just like this underlying feeling. Totally. So I said that Marnie can make a list of new things and schedules and places uh, for Jordan to help. Um, how to bring things up to each other if we're upset and how to listen and be supportive. And then I said how Jordan can feel involved without pissing Marnie off. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're in charge of the agenda. 
It's all my language. I'm like, let's just make you feel horrible about yourself. There's Amazing. nothing on here that I have to improve. And what's his energy like in these meetings? Is he like irritated? Because if it was no. me, I would go in so irritated. No, he's not at all. That's so wonderful. he's prepared. He's not like an off-the-cup kind of conversationalist. So for him, when he's caught right, off he guard, knows. That's true, because then when he's caught off guard, he could get defensive. And defensive. Right, and then a fight can ensue. Because mm-hmm. oh I'm like, God. think faster, think faster on your <laughs> ah, ah, I didn't have the I agenda. I didn't have an Excel spreadsheet before I got I here. No, I mean, this is just on oh, my phone, but I shouldn't do it in Excel oh spreadsheet. Anyway, so that's, that's, those are the things that we do. Well, because you're here, and so you're really good with actionable advice, and I don't really usually do that because you're I don't. You're good at it. Yeah. If people listen to our other podcast. I mean, depression, I'm like, well, actionable advice, go get some pizza, right. and it's going to taste really good, uh, and eat it alone. But so do you have any advice for – not only like people listening with postpartum depression, but just depression in general on how to try to drag themselves out of a hole. Because what happens is when you're in there, it's like you've dug and dug and dug and dug and dug and you're at the bottom of the well and there's no water and there's no ladder to step out. And it's like, how do you start climbing out of it when you're that low? Are there steps that like actual physical steps? This is so funny because if you were to ask me this about like my other world, I would have a million steps for you. Um, I, I'm still in it, so I don't know. But I know that the, the things that are making me feel better are when I get out of the house, when I have time alone with my husband that isn't just like Not at just the meetings. end of the night and meetings, <laughs> right? I'm watching TV when we have experiences together. And they don't have to be expensive experiences, just getting out of the house in some way. Yeah. Um, I know for some people that's hard to do. You can't afford it. Or like if, if you can even get um, like a, a mother's helper if you have kids and you have postpartum, like a mother's helper or $5 Is- or kids who are 11 years old who live in your neighborhood who can come like hang out with your kids while you and your husband sit up. Mother's Helper. That sounds like the title of a the yeah. next <laughs> horrifying right, movie. It Horror could movie. be. It could be. Mother's Helper. <laughs> it's true. Reet, reet. Like things like that. Um, going to the gym has helped me. Getting me back out in society and interacting with people so when that are not moms when helps me when stevie and i first started taping this i would say because at that point when her and i had started taping this my depression actually wasn't that bad and i was talking about it helps yeah definitely but i was going to the gym at that time and i said on the show like going to the gym is so helpful but then i fell after stevie passed away i fell into a really bad depression and i'm starting to climb out of it a little bit but um i look back on saying to people go oh just go to the gym it will feel really good now i i got back into the headspace where i can't even imagine putting on the sneakers to get out of the door to get to the gym so before the step of going to the gym what's the step before that to get yourself motivated enough to even get out of bed to get out of bed yeah because that's how bad depression can get or is i can't understand that because i have you've never been on that level well not that i have something that i have to do i can't stay in my bed Right. I right. wish that I could. I honestly wish that I could. But I mean, I, I don't li- mean like literal bed, but I mean like your home and your safe space and like you're just sad and you don't have the emotional energy to go, okay, I'm going to go put on these workout clothes that make me feel ugly and well, go the to the gym is, is and sweat. Like it's, you have to reframe how you think about that. Like, okay. yes, it's going to make me feel ugly, but I'm going to put these clothes on and then I'm going to feel good that I've got them on. Yeah. And that could be my first step for the day. Right. It's just putting those clothes on and then going and lying back down in bed. The next right. step is the next day, like walking out of your house, maybe going to the front With entrance the of the gym. Right. And then the next step is is going to the gym and freaking hating it. Listen, going back to the gym sucks. Like everybody hates going back to the gym the first week and a half. When you do get into the routine, there, though, it feels it's really amazing. good. And then you feel like, oh, I didn't go today. I have to go. And then if three yeah. days pass, you're like back in the routine again. Right. But it's really just doing things that 
may not be right for you. So even like with the guys that I work with, getting over approach anxiety is getting over that first hurdle of just going up to people and saying hi, even if it feels horrible, uncomfortable, you get rejected, whatever and it is. And that hurdle is always the biggest one. Yeah, of course. It's way absolutely. bigger than the 10th hurdle because the, you're already like in motion. Yeah. There's a commercial that says, um, bodies in motion tend to stay in motion. It's I think it's like an arthritis commercial or something. Yeah. And I watch a lot of but like murder television shows, so I'm seeing all these old people commercials. But it's like bodies in motion tend to stay in motion. Bodies at rest tend to stay in rest, yeah. and that's true. So it's like once it's the hardest thing is getting your body into that motion. But once it's going, it's almost like a plane falling. Like once yeah. it's fallen, it's fallen, yeah, it's and it's kind of like your body. Yeah, and the I just say that because we have to get on a plane in a few minutes. Right, that's true. <laughs> that's we perfect should wrap yeah. this up to so go yeah. back to the airport. Yeah. Um, but the biggest things for me are like for little baby steps are on. Honestly, just like getting dressed nicely. I don't have to go into yeah. an office every single day. So I know, put eye makeup on. Too. I wake up like the flight here. I had no makeup on. I was really tired to roll out of bed. Not that I feel like super awake right now. But the minute I put on eye makeup, I was like, I'm human. Yeah. Like it that's like my antidepressant. Yeah. I just go, and then go to the pharmacy and get mascara. People. Like for me, I like to challenge myself and push myself um, to do things that make me uncomfortable. So uh, like even today on the plane, I was thinking, I'm like, what could I say to, to James Franco who's on our plane? Oh, yeah. Like, what James could Franco's I actually say to him? And then I was like, ah, eh, no, I don't really want to. Yeah. Afterwards. But do like, people call you? No, no. No, I would, I would have said like, oh, I'm excited for the room to come out. Whatever it is. Right, right. But then I was like, okay. Disaster artist. I didn't want to do that. But anyway, like there's things to push yourself. To come here the first time to record at Zeus, I was going to cancel. Five yeah, because you're like, oh my God, I have to get, get on, on a plane. plane. It's too hard. Effort. I got to be in front of people. It's like. And then I just went. And then you just did it. Yeah. And you're like, I'm glad fun. I did it. I'm glad I did it. And it feels wonderful. So just right. doing it and just being like, I'm going to hate it every step of the way. And then when you don't, you're pleasantly surprised. Right. Hey, so Patreon. Are you guys going to fast forward the show right now? Don't. This is super important information. As you know, Patreon is an incredibly helpful way to help me grow the show. The show takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of editing. I know you guys might not believe it, but I'm not perfect every time. And do you know how much time goes into editing to make me sound perfect? Well, not that you think I sound perfect, but to make me sound acceptable a lot. And you know what doesn't come from that? Money. So... Patreon helps me so much. It helps me survive. It helps me make the show better. It helps me buy these microphones that I have to pay off for many, many months. It helps me produce merchandise. And that's what I want to get to right now. I've crossed a lot of things off the list on Patreon. One of them has not been crossed off and that's merchandise. As you guys have seen, I have a new logo, which I had designed. Cost money. Thank you, Patreon for donating because then I was able to get this new logo. But now that I have this new logo, I'm stepping to the next step, which is getting merchandise and producing merchandise. And awesome intern Jesse did tons of research to find good prices. And not that his research wasn't amazing. It's that the prices are insane to produce merchandise. If you haven't seen it, please look it up. It's like $30 per sweatshirt to produce and um, just ridiculous prices. But I really want to produce this merchandise, especially because the holidays are coming. And I think it would be really cool to have that available for you guys. So please donate to Patreon. If it's $2 a month or $3 a month, I know it doesn't sound like it makes much of a difference, but it makes such a huge, huge difference. If 30 people donate $2 a month, that would help literally get this merchandise moving and um, keep the show growing. So anyway, thank you so much 
uh, again for listening to that spiel and not fast forwarding. And uh, anyway, back to me. All right. Well, you, so I do little segments okay. on the show. So we're going to do them really quick. Okay. Um, so the first segment we're going to do is F dat shit. Okay. So we talk about just kind of like some messed up things in the mental health industry. Oh, cool. So um, last week I read a story or read an article about um, this place called Bedlam. It's the oldest. Um, it's basically where the word Bedlam came from. It's a nickname for this, the oldest mental hospital in Europe, which is in London. And it was started in like 1200. So it's like insanely old and okay. it had some messed up stuff. But then it led me to another article with just some little um, uh, things about this these other ment- mental institutions but this one because i'm in la this one's um in downey it's called ranchos los amigos um located just a few miles from downtown la ranchos los amigos was originally created in 1888 to assist people living in potter poverty in pottery they were li- mm-hmm. living in pottery barn that'd be nice uh here they could work in exchange for care from the local government over time the grounds were extended and the space evolved into a hospital eventually it grew into a mental hospital Though the hospital itself is still in use, it has moved to another location. In the 1950s, it began to shut down its wards, including the mental hospital. Along the way, some gruesome secrets were discovered on its way to closing down. In 2006, during a training exercise, Marines uncovered a freezer in the morgue, and inside they found mummified, amputated limbs and brain tissue that were left behind from when the hospital was abandoned. So it's like they were like pulling this shit out of people. Isn't that crazy? Well, not surprising, to be honest. Yeah, it's also not surprising. And then this one. I mean, that's how they figure shit out. It's true. <laughs> Sorry, we needed you oh, to whoops. get to this point where I yeah. can take effects there because we figured it out from your from pulling your brain out. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's try Maybe this some thing. pills. Yeah. Uh, this one is uh, in Athens, Ohio, called Athens Lunatic Asylum. And this one's pretty cool or creepy. Um Basically, uh, there were hundreds of deaths while the hospital was open. The most famous is that of a lady named Margaret Schilling. She went missing while on the ward, and either no one noticed or cared, and they never searched for her. Over a month later, her body was found locked in a room in an, aban- in an abandoned part of the tuberculosis ward, and her body left a gruesome stain on the floor, which can still be seen today, and there's a picture of it on the website. It's just pretty horrifying. Yeah. Like, that's where her body was. So it's just, I mean, I'm so fascinated by all these. Um, what is the segment? <laughs> this is F dat. So it's just like, ew, F dat shit. Like, oh. F dat. So m- the reason we do that is because when Stevie and I, before we started taping this, she sent me some stuff because I said, well, why don't we talk about like little, like things within mental hospitals and psych wards and so it can have like an eerie feel. And so then she started looking. So people want to stay out of them? Is that why? Because well, it's kind of fascinating just to hear yeah. about these little stories. Like crazy. all these different, I mean, we don't do it every time. Sometimes we talk about like, you know, smokers having 40% more likely to be mentally ill than, you know, stuff like that. But sometimes I go back to doing these uh, insane asylum ones. But uh, Stevie had looked up a bunch of stuff and she sent it to me and it was all about like lobotomies and all this mess of stuff. And she wrote, and then at the end of the email, she just wrote, F dat shit. And I was like, that's the title of the segment. Right. Um, and so that's why um, I do that. And then um, we do a who's sadder. Um, so who's sadder we compare. So sometimes like we'll com- compare like, celebrities, like who's sadder, whatever. So, it, you'll get it. So um, this one's kind of different because I'm trying to do it for kids. Because well, we talk about postpartum depression. If you had twins... Who would you feel sadder for? Oh God! <laughs> the if you're so say you had two twins, and they weren't fraternal. So one was really attractive, and one wasn't attractive at all. But the really attractive one was really smart, and the non-attractive one 
was you know the really smart one wasn't attractive and the really attractive one was really dumb who would you feel sadder for at different stages i would feel different i would feel sadder for different kids okay at a younger age when looks are more important i would feel sadder for the unattractive child and then later in life i would feel sadder for the stupid child that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) what unless they had something else to them like they had like lots of drive and they surpassed the intellectual other child right yeah what who's sadder themselves is it the like if you were the twin who was if you were in that situation would you rather be the twin that was oh my god that'd be so hard attractive or the twin that was smart this is kind of a would you rather because I do a would you rather segment too. So this I is mean, kind of uh, combining the two. I don't know. I'm sure when you're younger. I'd rather be like, the attractive twin. If you're a twin. girl and she's getting more attention and I, like you're getting like A's in school and she's getting like humped behind the <laughs> bleachers. <laughs> like you're like, okay, I want to be humped. Yeah. So I, I wrote an article a long time ago when I an article, but like when I had my blog a long time ago and I wrote like how to treat, how to treat the less attractive twin. <laughs> and it was like little things like you have to buy the less attractive twin better clothes yes for because sure. you have to start evening the playing field right. so that they're not totally you know and like and like saying you can't borrow these yes yes like, like even though you're exactly the mm-hmm. same size and try if you can if right from the beginning at birth you see one is a lot cuter than the other give the cuter one the better name so that that gives them confidence like they have the cooler cuter name. or the non-cuter one that give the non-cuter one the cooler name yeah. so it gives them like an air oh but what if some of these switch around they become the I know well that's a problem damn it you're you're like Scotty (laughs) right you're Scotty and now you're gorgeous and you're perfect Phoenix and then you're like Jim you have a cleft palate Jim Smith like Phoenix right well it's um it's a very fine line to walk but I am very prepared to have twins because I've thought of these things very much in depth right um so yeah you sound prepped yeah I'm prepped but I would definitely just I think the less attractive twin is sadder but eventually in life they will be happier right which is fine yes yeah so that's the that's that one and um and uh that's gonna do it because we have to hurry up and get on a flight and get the heck out and of get here. the heck out of san fran but um thanks for listening and if you guys like the show tell a friend if you have a friend i'm assuming you don't but if you do please share it with them and remember to find me on patreon at patreon.com slash mentally chill if you want to support the show it's only two dollars a month that's like a crummy coffee from mcdonald's not that i think anything from mcdonald's is crummy yeah so if you pledge like more than twenty dollars so if you do twenty dollars more a month we can do skype chats and you get oh wow yeah it's fun boob action Mm, yes yes well like little boob action is actually appropriate appropriate because they're so little um, so yeah, you can talk to me on the phone or on Skype or whatever and like That's email cool. communicate. Um, and then you can see on the site, all the perks, um, and so, yeah, so that's patreon.com slash mentally chill, and that'll do it for this week. Well, check out our other podcast. And then our podcast, Ask Women, and um, it's a dating advice show, and it's a lot for people who are struggling in a lot of other ways. Yeah. Um, mental health-wise, maybe, you know, people are depressed Things and having a hard time depression. dating. Yeah. Um, so you guys would enjoy that show as well, and that's um, Ask Women. And so, yeah, so that's it for this week. And where can – oh, and if you want to see Marnie – or get help from Marnie. Marnie helps people become better people. And you can go to winggirlmethod.com. Yes. Get your advice from this postpartum <laughs> chicky. <laughs> sure you're going to get a lot of dicks from this. Yeah. Uh, so remember to stay sad enough to listen, but not too sad. See you next time.